This is Working the Beat. It is Tuesday, October 13, 2020. I'm Kevin Cody along with Mike Kern. Glad you could join us on another episode as we talk about the world of sports as we head towards another Eagle game week. We'll recap the loss to the Steelers. Uh, we'll touch on a couple other topics today. October 13th is a monumental day in the history of the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, and Mike and I will talk about some of that, the memories of some of that in a little bit. Mike also wants to get Dan Mullen on the firing squad here. No, hey, look, we should probably well. talk a little LeBron and a little, a little LeBron, a little baseball, uh, just a little bit of everything going on. A lot, a lot at play as we, um, you know. I got to pass this on to you. As, Go ahead. As we're talking here on the NHL network, I guess. Or whatever. Yes. It's the 76 finals. Yes. You know? Montreal and the Flyers. Yeah. Probably you know. game four. Yes. Well, I think they're, I don't know if it's game. I think it just says, um, let me see here. Uh, yeah, it is game four. Game four. You are correct. So, yeah, I mean. Look, the Canadians were really good. I mean, and they would go on to win the next three. Um, so, look, you know, the Flyers won two. They beat the Russians that year. But, yeah, it, you know, well, it was kind of sad. I don't think Bernie played in that series, did he? Didn't Bernie get Not hurt? Wayne Stevenson played, I think. Yeah, I don't think if Bernie had played, they would have beaten him. Uh, but they might not have lost him four. That was the and, Reggie Leach year when Reggie Leach went nuts for the Flyers. Um. Won the cons month. He did. He was on the '75 team too, though. Wasn't yeah, he, he was. Yeah. yeah, Bill Flett was on the the first one that won, and they, and he got, then he got, got switched out for for Lee. So on which the top one? He line. won the Conn Smythe is a lo- in the losing thing in '76. Yeah. yeah, he had like a lot of goal. I remember he had like nineteen or twenty, 20 goals. goals. Yeah, and I was yeah, mentioning. I was mentioning. Does that anymore, no. Kevin? Um, the guys who come down the wing and shoot a slap shot from just inside—that's like a lost art. It is. Bobby Hull, I mean, used to like, you know, he was nuts. Uh, Guy Lafleur was great at that. Um, Reggie, obviously, there was a lot of guys. Sure, you just don't see. I, I don't know if it's because of the pads now, maybe because the goalie pads are so um, so big. You know, you're watching this, and Ken Dryden looks like he's naked. Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, it's uh, a different game, man. Uh, before we get going on our conversation, we want to pass well along our thoughts. And well wishes to the immortal, and he is the immortal in Philadelphia sports writing, Jack Shore, who, you know, we've all joked to score more points at the Palestra than anybody else. Not even close, I don't know. Not even Jack close because of the the, Wednesday, uh, the pickup games. Uh, Jack's under the weather right now, uh, thinking of him and his family, and we have benefited from the, from the kindness of Jack Shore, uh, who... I, I'm proud to say, as a father judge, Ty, he was a coach of father judge as a basketball there coach for a while. Um, you know, the funny thing, Kevin, is a lot of people might not know Jackie per right. se like we do, but if you've read enough stories about basketball and, and other sports too, not just, you know, baseball, right? Jackie yeah. does a lot. Um, where the Associated Press, you, you know, his name wouldn't be on it necessarily, but Jack wrote the story. Yeah. Um, he was just a fixture. I mean, you know, and, he, and he's he's in his late 80s, I believe now. I remember going to his, it was either his 65th or 70th birthday party. I can't remember which. And, God, that was so long ago now. Jackie was just, you know, I know the Don Tolleson line, a good guy. But mm-hmm. he was. He was, like you said, father judge. 
Yep. Um, and then lived a lot of his adult life in the Chamonix. Yep. Uh, up still, the, high still, still was up there, I believe. Yeah, and in, until a few years ago, was basically still doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, he actually retired from AP. I want to say in 2018. And it was it was much as the business had changed. It wasn't necessarily that Jack. I mean, I, I guess he was getting old at that point, but right. they had kind of phased him back a little because the business changed, changed, not because Jack had changed. No, Jack was still known by every coach that you know. You go into a visiting clubhouse. You know, Terry Collins would be there from the Mets. Hi, Jack. How are you? That kind of yep. that. So and that's all the how, basketball coaches knew him. Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, so. We're thinking of Jack here as we get this show going. All right, let's get to the Eagles. Uh, we'll, and, and how about hey, real quick, like we've lost six baseball Hall of Famers in the last. I was weeks. I was going to touch on that a little later. Is that nuts? It is incredible. And Joe Morgan, obviously the latest one, who passed away on Monday. Here's what you got to know about Joe Morgan. Not only was he one of the best second basemen to ever playing. Yeah, you can get in all those arguments. You know, if I hear one more LeBron Jordan argument, I'm going to throw up. I don't care. They're both great. Just accept it. Joe Morgan, when the Reds, and a lot of people listening to this might not, 75-76, the Reds won back-to-back World Series. Last National League team to do so, I believe. Yep. They were great. The big red machine, all that. Beat the Phillies in the playoffs the one year. I think the only and, I think the only National League team to win it since the back-to-back since the 30s, if I'm not mistaken. Cardinals? Cardinals maybe the Cardinals, in the 30s yeah. or 40s. Maybe during the war they might have done it. But you're right. But then they had Johnny Bench, Pete Rose, George Foster. Um, that team was Dave because they were loaded. They couldn't pitch, but they were loaded. Joe Morgan was the NL MVP both of those years. Think about that. One of the great teams in National League history. Yep. Johnny Bench wasn't the MVP. You know, Pete wasn't. Yeah, nope. It was Joe, Joe Morgan. Morgan, who came over to trade from the Astros. Uh, like and, and we should remember, played for the Phillies in 83, had a tremendous September to help them win yeah. the pennant. And played for the Astros in the 80, 80 series, series, which I still think is one of the best five-game series ever. Yep. Uh, and he played for – and I think he hit a game-winning home run in one of those games. Yep. All right. Um, so, yeah, just a, a tremendous and, – and you got Lou Brock, Bob Gibson, Whitey Ford, and I'm leaving somebody out. Tom Seaver. Tom Seaver. My God. That's like a Mount Rushmore. Yeah, it is. Um, all right, we'll get back to that in a bit. Let's start with the Eagles, and you know, honestly, well, <laughs> hey, they covered Kevin. You know, no, they didn't. <laughs> I thought they did. I it thought was you seven. seven. They lost by nine. Oh, oh, yeah, but you took the Steelers. I did. So you caught. Co- I, I, I covered. That's what I meant to say. I'm, I, I phrased that wrong. I'm sorry. I sweated it out. We, we had some good picks this week, and we had some bad picks. Yeah. You know. Chase, yeah. Chase Claypool is still running um, on the North hey, Shore. Good thing they called him for the, the bad pass interference. There was a few bad pass interference. It was an awfully officiated game. game. Awful. Yeah, the one gave the Steelers a touchdown on, on Slade. It was, that wasn't good. But the one on him wasn't good either. He would have had five touchdowns. So they're 1-3-1. They're out of first place. The The Cowboys have taken it back over, but the Cowboys are going to have to play the rest of the season with that Dak Prescott. So, you know, and you're almost through to this meat grinder part of the schedule. Are they the favorite to win this division right now? Well, here's what I'll say. 
Um, and and does it matter? I guess is the well, better question. It, it, look, even in a bad year, you'd rather make the playoffs than not make the playoffs, right? I mean, mm-hmm. not that it's going to be the end of your world, but you'd rather get in than not get in. That's my, you know, I would have rather had the Phillies get in than not get in. I, I don't, you know, you're going to be in the middle of the pitch. It's not like it's going to improve your draft standing. You're not going to get a top five pick or, so whatever. Here's the only problem now if you're the Eagles. You're supposed to win the division yeah. now. They don't have Dak. And I'm going to tell you right now, Andy Dalton is not a horrible back. No. Um, he got to the playoffs, I believe, four times. Now, he didn't win in the playoffs. We're not talking about winning in the playoffs. I don't even think he looked that bad the other day coming off the bench. He he didn't. He didn't. And the Cowboys still have playmakers around him. The problem is the Cowboys' defense stinks. Mm -hmm. Okay? But now if you're the Eagles, let's say for the sake of argument, you're the Eagles. You go 7-8-1 and and the Cowboys go 8-8. Boy, that's a bad look. Yeah. Without Dak Prescott. I mean, that's just me talking now. Um, You know, it would almost be like if Wentz went down and, and then, you know, the, and, the, and the Eagles somehow won the division. That's not good for the Cowboys. So, uh, you know, I, I look, Kevin, you, you've said this before. They still have some tough games later in the year. They have, they have a tougher schedule than the Cowboys, at least on paper. But they have that three-game stretch coming up after the Ravens, which we, you know, I don't think many people are going to pick them to beat the Ravens. Uh, but, I mean, you know, could they lose to the Giants? I mean, the Giants, look, the Cowboys have won two games, Kevin, and both were mm-hmm. on field goals on the last play. Think about that. To two teams that haven't won a game. Yeah. That's how bad it is. There's a little oh. bit of breaking news, by the way. It, it, I'm, this doesn't really matter, but it's kind of interesting. Um, the Eagles are going to have fans at Lincoln Financial Field beginning this Sunday. Yeah, uh, well, a limit a, a number. Think, yeah, didn't we think that was going to happen though? Seventy five hundred. Yeah, fans uh, for the first two games against the. That's Re- how many were in Pittsburgh last week? About right. Yeah, actually, only forty five hundred showed up. Okay. Um, Baltimore, the Baltimore and the Giant games will go on. Tickets will go on sale this season. Ticket members who have opted into the twenty twenty season on Wednesday. Uh, tickets will be sold in groups with the ability to purchase as many as six tickets to the remaining seating pod. Da, 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 da. Anyway. Uh, hey, as long as they – look, as long as you – which I've seen games this week, both college and pro, pro. Co- college, where they weren't wearing their mask and they weren't social – and look, I, I know that's going to happen, especially with young people. It just is. They, they, you know, you can talk all about it you want and it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But just do the right thing, people. That's all. You know, they can't tailgate. Go to the game, enjoy the game, um, but you know, just you know, think about what you're doing. And you know, with seven seven thousand people in a sixty eight thousand seat thing, that shouldn't be too bad, right? I mean, yeah. they, they should be able to pretty much stay away from each other, and you know, it's it's you know, it's better than having nobody in there. Face face coverings are required. Uh, oh, they're for, required to require them. Okay. All, at all time, everybody two and above, all times, okay. other than when actively ink eating or drinking, which is. Montreal oh, just scored. Guy Lafleur. Thank you. <laughs> other than the actively ink eating and drinking, which can only occur while seated. Well, uh, how will they get food? Will concessions be open? Concessions or? will be open, but but well, it's one of those a, that you have to take it back yeah. to your seat. 
Okay. Uh, based I on how many, I wonder how they're going to like how many concession things will be open or you know that because if you're only going to have six thousand people in the place, you're probably not going to open very many. I, I, I mean, is that all going to be lower level, Kevin, or are they going to have? I think it's going to be lower level. Okay. Yeah. Fans with they the all- same seat. Fans with the same seating pod can enter together, but are not required to do so. A ticket holder who has tickets transferred to them can enter the seat. Stadium separate from other guests in their state, uh, seating pod. Would Would you go if they, if you could get your hands on some tickets? Would no. you take your son? No. Okay, I don't know what I would do. Yeah, you know, um, and I hate saying it. The only way I would, and this sounds strange, is if I was in a box or something where I would have access to bathrooms or whatever. Okay. Uh, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, I mean, six thousand people doesn't seem like a lot, or seven, whatever the number. Now you've is. covered enough games there with only seven thousand people. You well, just had a yeah, T on it. Yeah, I don't want to go there. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm but, sorry, it was too I, easy. Yeah, that's okay. Um, but I, I think, I mean, if somebody gave me four tickets and said, "Hey, you can take your son, your whatever," my grandson's probably too young. But I mean, I, I get, I don't know. I don't know how I think. I mean, as long as I can stay safe, it's like going to a restaurant. You this, know, this sounds strange. I think for the Sunday game, I wouldn't do it. If I saw on Sunday that it worked out well, I would maybe go on Thursday. What do you mean Thursday? They play the following Thursday. Oh, I didn't realize the Giants games. The Giant games game? a Thursday night game. I did not realize that. Yeah. I'm sorry, Kevin. Um, okay, I didn't realize that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I mean, you, you know what? Deep in my heart, I would stay away. You're Probably. right because I've stayed away from enough. But I mean, I have went to the shore for day trips. I have been on the boardwalk wearing a mask, um, and other people not necessarily wearing a mask around me. So I've already kind of crossed the line a little bit. Maybe I try not to. I don't know. I, I just the people that are going to go have a good time, have a safe time. Yeah, that's all. You know. Um, but you're right. Getting back to the actual argument with with the birds themselves, I you know, they're almost at a point if they don't win the division, then something's wrong. Um, in a lot of people's eyes, I don't. Necessarily they're going to take agree. a lot of. They're going to take. Like, if, if Dak had played all year and they didn't make, let's say they lost by half a game, you know, not that you would like that, but you could you could rationalize it. You could say, hey, they had a bunch of injuries. Mm-hmm. Dak had a record. You know, he was on, like, a record pace for what numbers he was putting up and stuff. Um, but now I just don't think you have that. I, I don't think um, – I think that's gone because I think most people would perceive them now to be the better team despite all the injuries they've had. I don't know if that's true or not, um, but I think that's the perception, right? Yeah. Um, let me get to the obvious topic of every conversation here it is the quarterback. I thought Carson Wentz actually looked really good the other day. Um, you know, the, the, inter, the one interception is a basically a glorified punt on the uh, – Yeah, that don't count. That don't count. No. Um, you know, on, on a fourth and 20 or whatever the hell it was. The Ertz interception is more on the tight end, I think, than it is him. I mean, it's not a great throw, but the tight end's got to fight through it a little more. Well, and, those things and, happen in football. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. But but Pittsburgh guy made a pretty good play. The last two games, I think he's looked a lot better, and he's looked comfortable now with Travis Fulgham as his primary receiving target, which is amazing in itself. But <laughs> it, it, are you comfortable now with the way the quarterback is playing? I don't think Wentz is, is an elite quarterback. 
Um, and by that, I mean, I don't think he's in the top five or maybe even in the top 10, but he's a good quarterback. I never thought he was a bad quarterback when he was playing badly. So, I mean, you look at that game, that ball in the end zone at the end of the first half should be caught. It should. So, I mean, that's a perfect pass by him now. And Hightower has to get out of bounds on the second yeah. down play where he has to burn the timeout, which cost him on the play down the down the. But when corner. you have young receivers, that's going to happen. happen. You know, so, um, yeah. I mean, is he playing better? Yeah, but you know, it's still the the, the things around him is going to make it. And now this whole Earth situation is, you know, it's not good. What's, what's so? But it's funny, like as fans. We would be critical when Ertz would catch 12 passes. We would say, that's too many. Now he catches one. It's like, well, that's too few, which is they're both, you know, they're, they're right. But I don't know. I mean, you know, is this guy, um, what's his name again? I can't, Fargum. Uh, Fulgham. Fulgham. I'll get it right. Um, you know, is, I mean, is he going to play like this? I mean, Ray Dittinger on the postgame live seems to think he thinks this guy can, you know, not that he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but that he can be pretty good. So I'll value Ray's opinion. Um, that you know, but you know you can't count on him every week. No, to have ten catches. Now you know they may be getting Jackson back. They may be getting Alshon back. Certainly at some point. Look, their season's going to come down to if they lose this week, they got the next three games. The worst they can do in those three games is go two and one. The worst they can't go one and two. You know, they in, in, it'd be better if they went three and zero, oh, but. You know, the Giants are going to beat somebody. Yeah, the next three games are Giants, Cowboys, Giants. There's a buy in there, too. Right. They, I mean, you can't go worse than two and one. You just can't. There's no way. And if the two and one means you beat the Giants twice and lose to the Cowboys, that, that means you're going to have to beat the Cowboys in, in Dallas, Dallas right in after December. Christmas. Right. Right. And, and you know, uh, this week's big because I think – and I'm not even sure, this sounds strange to say, I'm not even sure the win-loss is, is you have to play well. I At least offensively, you got to keep playing well. And What's the line? I haven't even seven looked. Seven and a half. Okay, that's about, I guess that's about right. Um, I mean, if you got through this stretch that you were so cringing about, about the 49ers, who have kind of revealed themselves as a bit of a paper tiger, you think after getting blown out by Miami, no, they're hurt. They're hurt. Look, they're all banged up. Right, they're, they're just they, they got that post Super Bowl bad year. The Steelers like, game. I actually took a lot of positives out of the Steelers game. I'll get to a negative in a minute. If you play well against Baltimore, you can at least say, "All right, we got something. We're, we're building something here." If you win against Baltimore, now you're through this stretch two and one that you were so worried about, mm-hmm. and you got a little traction. They ain't going to beat Baltimore. I mean. Could they? Sure, it's the NFL. I mean, the Chiefs lost last week at home, and and Seattle should have lost at home to a one in three team. So yeah, I, I get all that. But I don't think Baltimore. I don't. Baltimore is not the kind of team they usually do well against. Well, Baltimore is a that, ton of speed. Yeah. Well, it's all that misdirection. You're going to get a lot of stuff that the Rams threw at them, only with a better quarterback, kind of a better running quarterback. Anyway, right. Um, I, I just that that's why and then Baltimore plays defense. I mean, you know, it ain't like they're not gonna play. I mean, what what I didn't like about Sunday's game is I think the Steelers are good. I don't think they're great, but I think they're they're pretty good. But their offense isn't that good. They, got, they kept getting beat on the same play, Mike, and that's actually where kept, I was gonna they got go. Beat on third downs repeatedly. Yeah. They made stupid penalties. 
um, that gave the Steelers a couple first downs or gave them, you know, took them from a third and eight to a third and three. Um, you know, you, you just, you know, and like we said, they're going to live and die with their front four. And their front four only had one sack on Sunday because the Steelers were getting rid of the ball so quick. They weren't going to let him sit but, back there. But and get this hit. is but this is where I actually think they may have a better shot against Baltimore than you think. Because against the Ravens, that front four, if they get any pressure, can get Jackson to the ground. The, the ball does maybe, not maybe. The, the ball does not leave Lamar Jackson's hand quite as quickly as it does Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. yeah, yeah it, it, I'm not doubting all that. Uh, but it's just that he is such a threat. And again, your linebackers aren't that good. Yeah. That's the way they built. And I got a feeling that against the Ravens, with all the crap they do, linebackers kind of are important. And and they, they're going to throw to their tight end a lot because he's pretty good. Um, I mean, I don't know. Look, <laughs> I'm not saying you don't have a shot. In the NFL, everybody has a shot. But the Ravens are clearly a better team. Um, man, you know, I'm not saying it can't be a game. Like, I thought the Steelers game would be a game. It didn't go exactly the way I thought. It was a little more high school. Maybe because I, I had such low expectations for, for the Steeler game is why I was surprised. Um, by how well they played, um, they made yeah, it. They I mean, made a good defense look pretty bad at look, times. They can't stink every like like. Think about where our expectations are right now. I mean, they can't stink every week. They just can't. It, it, they're they're better team than that, even with all the injuries and things. Um, but I don't know what it means anymore. Like to me, I. If they win this game, they're probably going to make the playoffs. I mean, that's what I said last week if they'd beaten the Steelers. If they get one of these goofy wins that they're not supposed to get, you know, that's a big plus. But, man, the next three-game stretch is basically probably their season. Well, in the Because stri- they got to win those games. Right. I mean, it's not a question of playing well. You can't lose to the Giants. And, and you're saying 2-1. and one. They have to go 3-0 and oh in my mind in that oh, no. stretch. But I'm saying the, the worst they can do is 2-1, and one, Kevin. Right. If they go, if they split with the Giants and beat the Cowboys, they're going to be right there. And they would have the tiebreaker advantage with the Cowboys going to Dallas. Um, you know, now if the 2-1 and one is beat the Giants twice and lose to the Cowboys, they're still going to have to go to, regardless of what happens, they're probably going to have to go to Dallas and win. Probably, you know, unless Dallas falls apart too, uh, which I guess could happen. I, you know, maybe five or six wins wins the thing. I, I just think it's still going to take around seven or eight wins. You know, and, and you you've mentioned in the past about breaking the schedule in the chunks. Uh, how you can break certain schedules in the chunks, and obviously the first three games look winnable, and they went, you know, oh two and one. Then these three looked imposing, and they're one and one right now. Then you get the next three, which is Giants, Cowboy, Giants, as you mentioned. That's a that's a stretch they have to go two and one or three and zero, because the following stretch after that is at Cleveland, uh, Seattle at home, and then at Green Bay, and, and that's where your that urgency has to pick up here. That they See, have but to, again, if they start playing better, let's say for sake of argument, and Doug's teams usually play better in the later. second half of the season. Yeah. Okay, I don't see the Browns game as unwinnable. Now, I'm saying that on October the 13th. I mean, I'm just saying, that's not, to me, an unwinnable game. I don't see Seattle coming here as unwinnable. Um, Green Bay at know, Green Bay? At Green Bay is a little more imposing. <laughs> yeah, that um, is. And, but they did win there last year. But I, yeah, that's a little more imposing. But 
I'm saying I look at the Seattle game. I mean, let me put let me ask you a dumb question. Do they have a better chance of beating Seattle here or the Ravens here? I mean, you know, I don't know. You tell me. Um, I, I, I would I would I say I would say the Ravens. See, I think they'd have a better chance of, of Seattle. Because I think that, I think you can rattle Lamar Jackson. I do. Well, but I'm I'm just saying. I mean, they're both you know, if they won one of them. Although that, that being said, and I'll play in your argument, playing devil's advocate, the Seattle defense is awful. So yeah, yeah. you're right. Well, and a lot of and a lot of things can change in five or six weeks. But I'm just saying, if God forbid the Eagles win one of those games, either beat the Ravens or beat Seattle, and I don't know if they can. But if they won one of those games, to me, that's huge. You know, if you say you can go one and one in those games, and maybe you pull an upset at Cleveland, I'm saying upset. I'm guessing they're going to be not the favorite, but, you know, it might only be – I don't know what Cleveland's going to look like by then. Um, well, you know, and then they got they got games later. I think they have the Cardinals, right? Right. Which, they, you they know, got the I Saint, mean, They got the Saints home at the Cardinals, at the Cowboys, and the Redskins. The, uh, I'm sorry, Washington. Yeah. All of those games that you just mentioned from the second Giants game on, there's not a game in there that you say they're going to win that game. No. Now, we know they're not going to lose them all because I, I just don't think that's How many of them would – there's one game the rest of – after that second Giant game, there's one game the rest the of the way they'll be favored, yeah. and that's the Washington game. Yeah. Washington, I'm sorry. Well, you know. Um, so there's six games – is there six games there? Six, six or seven, right? One, two, three, seven. Seven, where you can't say what their record's going to be. But you know it's not going to be one and six. You're, you know, you know it's not going to be five and two. Probably, it's going to be somewhere in that four and three, three and four, in all likelihood. So, you know, there's probably going to be a game or two they're going to win where maybe they surprise you a little, uh, and then there might be a game. I, I don't think there's any game in that stretch where if they lost, you say, "Oh, I'm surprised." No, they, they, I mean the Saints don't look great now. The no. Saints might be better by then. You know, the receiver might be back. Um, you know who knows, but um, they've played the Saints tough before. If you, gotten, you know, well, I mean, if you bunched all these games together, only if you want to look at what the toughest game is, well, that's Green Bay at Green Bay. That's the one you kind of go, okay, that's not. You're right. None of them are not winnable, but I, you're, I don't think they're favored in any of them either. So, um, yeah, I mean, who knows? They might be favored against the Saints by the time that game comes around. I don't think so, but. Yeah, I hate playing this game because it's a, it's a dumb game because we're sitting here trying to project December. You can't. All I'm saying that's why it's so important that that next three game stretch after the Ravens, mm-hmm. they have to. Three and zero is great. You know, three and zero. Now I don't know if a team can go from if they lose to the Ravens, they'd be what one four and one. Yeah. So you go from one four and one to four four and one. Yeah, okay, maybe. But at the very worst, you got to win two of those games mm-hmm. to give yourself a chance in those next seven, you know, because right now I think what you're trying to do is try to get the eight wins. If the Eagles get the eight, seven, and one. They win the division. Well, they, they if two of those wins are against the Cowboys, they for sure win the division. Let, let, me, let me ask you about one player in specific. Well, one, one man in specific, Jim Schwartz. Um and I think what happened the other day makes you realize that they have to change their defensive philosophy, that they don't the, – the, the downgrading of linebackers, and you saw that. I mean, you know, Nate Gary trying to cover Chase Claypool is a joke the other day on the fourth touchdown, on, on, on the backbreaker. 
Um, you know, part of that is that they, they don't have any linebackers who have enough skill that they can leave them up at the line and that can back up and go play coverage. I mean, th- this is a big problem they've got. But I don't think it's a Jim Schwartz problem. I think it's an organizational problem. I, it's I, not, I would agree, not, but I would also say well, Jim Schwartz. No, but we're, I would also say Jim Schwartz has a large hand in picking a lot of those defensive players. But the head coach picked Jim Schwartz. So I can't sit here and kill Jim Schwartz if you know when you pick the guy, this is how he's going to play defense. Right. And then Howie Roseman is the guy who drafts. Yeah. So if, if you know, and I listened to a little bit of Jim's press conference today, and I'm listening to his answers, you know, and, and somebody asked him about, you haven't made a big investment in linebackers. He said, well, we went out and got Nigel Bradham, and, you know, and he's going to cite examples where they did. It, this is an organizational, when you bring him in as the D.C., this is what, you're subscribing, okay, we're going to, he's going to run the defense. Mm-hmm. So until Doug has a problem with it or Howie has a problem with it or Lurie has a problem with it, they won a Super Bowl by giving up 33 points and 700 yards or whatever the hell it was. So they're not going to change. This is what they are. So until they get rid of him and bring in another guy to change, and even if they brought in another D.C. in the offseason, let's just say, you're not going to change overnight. You can't no. just go out and get three really good linebackers. And this is what you're left with. And they put all their money into the defensive front. It's what they did. Um, and then they went out and had to sign a cornerback. And by the way, Sidney Jones had an interception. Here. I watched it. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's, it is unflipping believable. For Jacksonville. Aguilar's catching touchdown passes with the Raiders. And, you know, at some point I start to question them. You know, are, are they coaching you? I, I don't know. But this is their philosophy. You know, and and whatever we think of it, this is how they're going to play football. And some of it is dictated by the personnel they have. Um, you know, if you're going to have the highest paid defensive line in football, then you're probably going to have the lowest paid linebacker core. Mm-hmm. And that's just, you know, and, and I think they miss Malcolm Jenkins. But that was again. A uh, yeah, although decision. watching Malcolm Jenkins the last couple of weeks, he, he, he yeah, yeah, he might be over the he hill. He might be over the hill. Yeah, I mean, I said the same thing with Dawkins when they let Dawkins go. He wasn't great with Denver. No, but I did go to a Pro Bowl. Yeah, but at some point you have to make a decision as an organization: Are we going to overpay the guy somewhat because of what he's meant to us and what he does? Mm-hmm. Or are we not? And they chose not. And then they went out and gave money to Slay because they had made a mistake with Jones um, and the other guy from West Virginia. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's frustrating sometimes to watch Gary play, but that's as good as Gary is. I mean, I can't expect him to make plays that he can't make. And, so, and just another example of what a disaster that draft was. I mean, just... Have, yeah, I mean, but again, they were you know you they won't, and, you and know. he's playing out position. He's a free he's a free safety who has to try to play linebacker and then back up back in the free safety basically. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean it's like look, we can look at their wide receivers and their and their linebackers and yeah, it's not it's not you know now if all their wide receivers were healthy, mm-hmm. it would be better you know if Jackson and and, and Alshon were playing. Uh, and they may be playing soon, but then Alshon, I mean, it, you know, uh, it, he'll probably tweak his hammy again and be out again. I mean, I, look, this is how they've built their team. And 
you can't change that now. I mean, no. this is, you know, now your quarterback's making 30-some million dollars, so that changes the dynamic. We saw Seattle go through this. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when they had the Pater guy and then the whole defense basically left. Yeah. I mean, that that's football. That's the way it is. And uh, But I don't think it's just a Jim Schwartz problem. Uh, obviously, he's the guy making the call, but you, but you you sign off on this, you know. And I, I got a feeling that if this season doesn't go, he's going to be the fall going, guy. Um, somebody's going to probably wind up, you know, biting the bullet or. You know, I, I still I mean, don't. I still don't see it being the head coach. I don't either. I don't, and I don't see Howie being. No, I don't. At least not now. But and think about this, Kevin. You know, we talk, nobody even talks about this. They were playing Sunday with one starting lineman, the center. That's yeah, it. I know. The other four guys weren't starters a month and a half ago. But, Mike, Mike, I'll say this. That's what happens when you don't draft linemen well and you are relying on aging players. But no team has four backups. No, I, I agree. I don't but care. You're playing with four guys who weren't there a month and a half ago. And they played. Re- I mean, they didn't play great. They didn't run. They couldn't run the ball, except. For, but I'm just saying, nobody brings that up. If you take Seattle and take four their linemen out, or take any almost Russell Wilson's team, running for his life. Exactly. So, you know, and I'm not making excuses. I'm not trying to say yes. If they drafted, if if Dillard was, you know, he's injured, so it doesn't matter if he's good or bad. Um, but you can only have so much depth. Mm-hmm. I mean, any team. You know, he's not going to have that many guys, you know, back. And that's why they had to go out and sign uh, the 37-year-old guy in the offseason because they were already – I mean, it's – you know, they're probably like two injuries away from being the 49ers. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like um, – it's it's weird. It's just – and they're, and they're going to be in this race till the very end. Yeah. <laughs> they are. I mean, it's going, they're going to have meaningful games. Probably if that, that Dallas game is probably going to mean the division. Um. Yeah, and you actually. And, and on a side note, I, I know you know it, it, it's not cool for Eagle fans to say I, I like a certain cowboy, but how can you not like what Dak Prescott as a person has been able to do and not feel bad for him after what happened? You know, Dak Prescott's talked about his own struggles with with depression and everything. Mm-hmm. He's gone through a lot in his life. His mother died young. His, his brother committed suicide this summer. And then you watch what happened on Sunday. And it, it was one of those that was grotesque to watch. I mean, it was Joe Theismann. It was Joe Theismann. Yeah. Of course, it led to one media member to keep retweeting the image over and over again. Well, yeah, don't, 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 <laughs> don't get, no, really. I, and I look, I'm not a Twitter guy, so I don't really care what people but tweet out. You but can't, that, come there on. was no need. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's because you want to get hits. You want people, yeah. you know, you want whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, it's look, I would never root for anybody, whether I liked them or not, right, to get hurt. That was horrible. Um, I think Dak's a good guy, and I, and I think he's a good quarterback. I don't I do too. I don't think he's a great quarterback, maybe. He's been having phenomenal numbers this year. Now, a lot of those were in comeback games where, you know, like I said, they've only won two games, both at the end on field goals against teams that haven't won a game. But here's the world of sports we live in. 
He turned down yep. a four-year, thirty-five, a guaranteed $100 million. He bet on himself, and he lost. And that's Well, way. he didn't lose yet because we don't know what's going to happen. Most people are saying it's not as bad as, like, Alex Smith or Joe Theismann. It's, it's, um, it's a four-month a four recovery period, and, you know, he's probably going to play next year, I'm guessing, either on a franchise tag or a one-year deal with somebody that will be incentive-laden. Mm-hmm. And if he plays well, he'll probably still get a decent contract. But the problem, and here's my, and I'm not trying to chastise him or whatever. Somebody offers me $100 million guaranteed, and I think I'm worth Mahomes' money or, or more money. I mean, like, what's wrong with signing? And I'm not saying you should undersell yourself. I don't, I don't mean that. But if the difference between what the Cowboys were offering and what he wanted was that? Seems to me like it wasn't a lot, and and maybe he's trying to prove a point. I I, I don't know. Well, the thing uh, was, he wanted a shorter term deal so he could kind of dip again in the pot, and the Cowboys uh, wanted to sign him to something like a ten year deal. No, I I but that's not the way I heard. I, the, way the Cowboys I heard wanted was, a longer term deal so it could be spread out over more of the years for. Oh, uh, because what cap. I had heard was that the Cowboys were offering four and he wanted five. I, I believe it's vice versa. Okay, may, maybe. Uh, maybe I haven't. But but I heard what he was looking for was $40 million a year, which to me, you know, he wanted to be the highest paid quarterback. I don't know if Mahomes is making forty or not because he signed for like 10 years, whatever it was. And Mahomes has that ridiculous signing bonus, which made yeah, it. And he, and he has a Super Bowl ring yeah. on his finger and all that, but whatever. And an MVP trophy and, an, and a Super Bowl MVP trophy. But I just think that. I'm not saying Dak made a mistake. I would never say that about anybody. Mm-hmm. But it just seems to me like if you're in your fourth year, you could have figured out a way to sign. But that's okay because, like I said, he's young enough. He could still come out of this and make a lot, a lot of money. He's going to make money. I and mean, there'll be teams that will want – if the Cowboys decide they want to go cheaper with an Andy Dalton – and Schefter brought this up last night <clears> – that if Andy Dalton – has a good second half of the year. He's a cheaper option than, than Prescott and maybe Dak's future in, in Dallas is in jeopardy at that point. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen, but even if it does happen, there'll be teams lined up to sign Dak Prescott. Well, now, there won't be. I mean, look, you got to need a quarterback. First of all, you got to be a team that needs it. You know, some teams don't need quarterbacks. The Eagles ain't lining up for them. Um, you, you know, uh, uh, there's teams that don't need Dak or don't want to put out forty million dollars for Dak or whatever it's going to cost okay. to get Dak. I, I'll know. I'll throw an example out there. Okay. Oh, there's teams. Oh, there's absolutely. If teams. you're the New Orleans Saints and you're going to probably watch Drew Brees walk away at the end of the year, right? You're going to be interested in Dak. I know you have Jameis Winston there. You're going to be interested in Dak, though. Sure. Uh, the, prob- the the Vikings the could be interested Kevin, in Dak. Yeah. The problem is. What is he going to get compensated? See, and I don't have the answer to this. So if Dak doesn't play the rest of this year and comes back and Dallas says, we 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 don't want to franchise you, mm-hmm. okay? We're, we're going to go with Andy <clears throat> Dalton. Right. Okay, well, then what is Dak going to sign for? Is he going to sign? Is somebody going to give him $30 million? Are they going to give him $10 million and, and, and then put $20 million in incentives? I don't know this. So – he, there has to be a mutual understanding between two teams. It can't just be right. New Orleans saying, oh, yeah, I think you're better than our option. I mean, I'd rather have Dak well, than Jameis. <clears throat> well, but well, what's, what's Jameis making this year? 
Uh, that's a good question. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Well, Dak ain't making nothing. I'm guessing. You know, you it's, know? and this is one thing. And the Eagles, the Eagles are not going to be a part of this, obviously, because they have Wentz signed and their their cap hit. Even if they decide at the end of the year that Wentz isn't the guy, they're not going to be able to take the cap hit of thirty three mil. Okay, um, but what's going to be fascinating in this league this year is the maneuverability on some teams. You know, we'll we'll take a couple: the Jets, the Giants, who both drafted young quarterbacks a couple years ago. Uh, that are likely going to be one of them could end up with Trevor Lawrence. And sure. it, that means their guy has to go somewhere and their guy may be good enough still that another team will take a shot, a flyer on him as a starter somewhere. It, sure. It's very like you're going to see a lot of moving parts. And now you add the Prescott thing into it. it it's another moving part here. But that happens every year, Kevin. It, and, you're, and, and you're making it sound like it's a phenomenon. I mean, yeah, Darnold, it's different this year, I think, because of the what? So Sam Donald could end up somewhere else. That that's like big news. I don't. Sam no, no, right but now. but now you have Prescott added into it. That okay. is different. Okay, so you you see the number of teams that need quarterback. Washington's going to need a quarterback. Okay, probably Prescott could end up with Washington. Yeah, he Donald could. could end up with Washington. Um, yeah, the Saints. That, that, uh, I mean, maybe New England. Yeah, you know Cam Newton could be moving from there. That I I don't know. How Minnesota Minnesota could need some. Kirk Cousins is disappointed, I think, and it's it's certainly feasible to think they're going to need somebody. Yeah, but he might still be under contract. Matt well Matt Ryan is another one who. Yeah, but they, those guys might be. You, you got to factor in what the team owes them. Right. You know they they can't just say Matt. Sorry, we don't want you no more. Go. It depends. Like, it depends on what the cap hit would be to get rid of them. Right. It's going to be substantial. It's a Carson Wentz cap hit. It's Carson Wentz. These guys sign contracts where they're making thirty million or twenty five million or whatever they're making. It's not as easy as you're kind of making it sound like we're going to play musical chairs and this guy's good. Look how long this year it took for teams to sign Winston and Cam. They were out there forever and could have got signed and didn't. I mean, in another year, I don't know how long Tom Brady's going to be in Tampa. I'm assuming it's another year after this, at least. And then him and Bruce could walk off into the sunset. Um, how about Jacksonville? Jacksonville needs a quarterback, right? Yeah. Um, the Dolphins have Tua, so that so that's not going to happen. Uh, the Panthers have um, uh, their guy, right? Yep. He's playing okay. Uh, who else? Who else needs uh, quarterbacks? I mean, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I mean, I mean, at some point, Pittsburgh might need a quarterback. You know, yeah. I don't know how much longer Ben's going to play. Yeah, and they don't have a clear succession plan either. No, they're just playing Ben. Um, By the way. Yeah, I mean, people. But right now, I wouldn't give you a nickel for Sam Darnold. Now, that may be um, a problem of the coaching because I think that guy stinks. I mean, he's the oh, worst. Oh, he's the worst. <laughs> he, he's, he, he's the worst. And by the way, my man Matt Rule, if I was voting right now, for coach of the year, I'm not, and the Falcons, I'm done with the Falcons. Forget the Falcons; I'll never take them. Well, maybe this week we have to. Right? <laughs> um, Matt Rule is three and two after starting zero and two without Christian McCaffrey. Really, after they traded like four of their players in the offseason, right? They were getting. I mean, the Jacksonville and them were kind of getting rid of people, right? I mean, my God, I know Matt's good, but 
My God, are you kidding me? Um, Atlanta's going to move on at some point. I'm actually, I'm actually looking at their cap number, right? That if they get rid of Matt Ryan after June first, which is the uh, you know the beginning of the the <laughs> new year, they would save eighteen million dollars on the cap. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying these things can't happen, Kevin, or won't happen, but I just, you know, it, it it's there has to be the fit. The fit it has to work both ways. Right. Like I could see. I mean, I I think it'd be. Re- I think Washington is definitely going to go after a quarterback. I do too. Now I don't know if they're going to. They draft have buried high him. Enough. Yeah, but I don't know if they're going to draft high enough to get like that guy. Like, look at the guy for the Chargers who went what eighth. He went seventh or eighth, I think. Uh, he looks really good. The guy from yeah. Oregon, right, Herbert? Right. Um, he looks really good. I mean, he looks like I, I take him right now over Donald. Um, I, I'd probably take him over the Giants guy, although the Giants guy looked better the other night. Um, yeah, young quarterbacks are, are hard to figure, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, one minute the Cardinal guy looks great, and the next minute you're like, ah, I'm not so sure. I think you were right about one thing. You were right about several things, but one thing. I think the Colts are going to need a quarterback, right? Yeah, it's a one-year like deal about, anyway. Yeah, and the Colts don't have a bad team. You know, so if you put, like, Dak Prescott on that team or, um, you know, somebody who can play, uh, you know, uh, you know, is Indianapolis willing to do something like that or, you know? Or maybe, and if I guess if Dallas franchises him, it doesn't matter, right? Yep. They can keep him, right? And franchise. But does he have the right to turn down the franchise tag? Uh, he could he could sit out, but he's not going to. I would imagine. So if Dallas says we're keeping you and we're going to franchise you, right? That's Dak's only two options are to either accept that or to not play or to sit. Okay. 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 I just want to make sure I knew what, what the hell I'm talking about. All right. So, by the way, everybody, there's this idea that the Eagles are these wizards of the of the salary cap. Obviously, next year they are combined right now. They are listed seventy million over the cap. Seventy million. Do we know what the cap is going to be? Does that move? This is the projection on Spot Rack, which is the. Uh, is it going up or down next year? Because it's likely going to be flat. Okay. Um, 70 million? Seven, seven, zero million. Okay, well, now. 70 million, $70.8 million. How the hell do you get $70 million off your books? Well, funny you mention that. By the way, it's the second worst cap number. New Orleans is $82 million over the cap. Okay. Uh, Wentz's cap hit next year is 34. Yeah, but that's yeah. I, right. Yeah, that, Fletcher, yeah. Fletcher Cox is twenty-two. Alshon Jeffrey is eighteen. Brandon Graham is set, uh, eighteen. But Wait. Kevin, what happens if you cut guys? So this is where I, I, I my, I'm not a capologist. So if you let Alshon go, does that? I'm actually looking this up right now. Does that come off your books, or does you still take a cap hit? It you can, you can, uh, release him. And you would say, like, let me, uh, pre, this is the term, okay? Pre-6-1 release, pre-June 1st. Right, right. I if got the you. Eagles released Ashon Jeffrey, whose cap hit next year is $18 million, Right. If they released him, they would save $7.8 Before June 1st. Before June 1st. 
What after, about after June first? Post June first, they would save twelve point nine million. So they wait till June second. Yeah, but then you can't sign guys before you because it's a hard cap. You can't. You can't. Yeah. Be over the cap. Yeah. Look. Hey. Look. They got issues, man. I mean, and I'm sure they're not the only team. Oh, I, here, here's another one. Brandon Graham. Okay. Yeah. Brandon Graham is scheduled to make next year seventeen nine. Right. They don't really save anything on pre June first. They would save seven hundred sixteen thousand dollars. Okay. After June first, they would save thirteen million. See, but I don't understand this whole. I this yeah. I'm, you would have to re. Yeah, you can rearrange contracts, and what they've done is they kept pushing money back for people, and now right, it's right, like it. it's it's it. coming back to, to haunt. And this them. is why Zach. This is why Zach Gertz isn't going to be here. Um, probably, but then uh, he's you know, not going to be here next year. No, but then Goddard's going to the year after that. Goddard's going to ask for more money. You know, I mean, that's the that, that's how it works. I mean, you you know, you decide and and and. They're going to have to go out and, get, you know, pay other positions at some point. This is why their linebackers make no money and why they probably won't make any money next year is because you're not going to have the money anyway. Yeah. To do it, um, I lay, look, Kevin, I was thinking this today. And it, it, look, so we're sitting there three years ago. They win the Super Bowl. It's just, it's just un, you know, the whatever. new norm. Right. Well, what, and I don't mind them saying that. that. That's what happens when you win. You're allowed to say things like that. But here we are three years later. They've had injuries the last three years. Like, I mean, they had injuries when they won, too. But I'm just saying injuries. And we're sitting here, like, and I know Marcus wrote a column, t- I think, yesterday or today or whatever, saying the future looks bright. And I, I think he was talking more about this season than the future to future. But when you're looking at this, and that doesn't mean they can't be a good team next year or the year after that or whatever. But think how fragile, like, titles are and stuff like that. You know, that we're sitting here, we've gone 9-7 and seven the last two years. Hell, we would take 9-7 and seven this year, right? Um, and that's where we are. Yeah. You know, if, after winning the Super Bowl and, and, and all that, um, it, it's just weird that we're kind of in the middle now. You know, we're kind of in that... Um, and that's where we were before the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it almost reminds me. I know this is going to sound bad because it, it's not the same thing. It almost reminds me of the 93 Phillies. Right. You know, and, it, and like I said, not that bad because the Phillies were legitimately a one-hit wonder. The Eagles aren't a one-hit wonder, but still. Um, and and thank God. The, the, you know, I heard this all the time when Andy Reid was here. Ah, you know, the division stinks. The division stinks. Okay, well, Andy played who he played. Yeah. Thank God the NFC stinks because, you know, if, if they were, I mean, how, how long can Washington and the Giants stay this bad? bad? Yeah, you can't. They you, can't you stay wouldn't this bad. You wouldn't think so. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, they're easily the worst division in football. It's not even close. Um, I don't think. No. The AFC East used to be bad for a long time. But now, you know, Buffalo's good. Yeah. Uh, they, although the Jets stink. Yeah. The door, I guess the East Coast, you can't play football on the East Coast. Apparently not. <laughs> uh, let's get to let's get to baseball. Uh, there was a report by Todd Zalecki that had Phillies are estimating that the price tag on JT Real Muto could get to $200 million. Over how many years? Uh, I did not catch that. 
I'm uh, just trying to make out what the yearly thing would be. I would assume six or seven. So you're people are going to sign a 30 year old guy for seven years? Yeah. Wow, playing that position, huh? Yeah. Um. Okay. So that. So let's say it was seven. What's that come out? Almost thirty million a year. Yeah. You well, gotta, he ain't signing here. You got to. You got to let him walk at that point. Well, what? Why did? Why does um, Todd think that it's going to get that high? Who's going to push it that high? He, Real Mudo is. This is Zalecki's stuff. Real Mudo is eyeing a record-shattering contract for a catcher, perhaps in the two hundred million dollar range. Mm-hmm. That's the exact word. So Riamulto wants that, but does that mean um club is not bit optimistic they can resign? No, no, no. But what I'm saying is Todd then must think that either the Mets or the Yankees or the well, Yankees. I don't think the I don't think the Yankees are gonna go there because to be honest, I think the Yankees want to get under this luxury tax threshold. Okay. So, okay, so it's going to be the Astros, the the, the the Mets, the Mets, or the or the Rangers, perhaps. And there's no other teams you you don't think that would even factor into that. I would have said the Braves until Travis Darno turned into Johnny Bench. Okay, okay. They're in the playoffs um, here, I and mean, the Yankees are playing another catcher now, right? I've noticed that Gary, well, Gary Sanchez, and they've they've had another guy come up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. So. Now, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Phillies last offseason, and I'm, I'm just saying, could have signed him yes. if they'd been willing to go a little higher than maybe they wanted to? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like I think, how, how much, I how think much they you, have. How much do you think they would have had to give him a year? Last offseason. Probably 23, 24 million. Okay. But, it would have, think, but if they think did they it last have. offseason. It would have added into their tax for this year, so that's why they didn't do it. Right. And see, I think that's what some people don't get is the more years you're on the tax, the more it hurts you, right? Right. And they right. didn't feel like going over the tax. And for them, this year being what it ended up being, it's almost a merciful, thank God you didn't go over the tax. because. But in retrospect, yeah. do you think the Phillies... With no revenue good, coming in. No, well, let me ask you this, though. Right. Do you think it's a good move? Let's even say twenty. Let's even say it was twenty-five million. I'll just throw that out as an even number for the Phillies to sign him for, let's say, six years. So it would have been one hundred and fifty million. You can't do it. You well, can't do see, it. Well, see, if that's the if that's the case, then I don't think you can knock him for making the trade, unless you can knock him for not being. Um, well, not I would have, knock them for being non-proactive. Um. I think now you can't do it because you see kind of all the holes you have. You have sh- shortstop you got to fill. You got center field you got to fill. You're going to have to fill catcher, obviously. You got to fill probably two spots in your rotation. Talking about having to rebuild a whole bullpen. But I mean, what I'm saying, Matt, Kevin. Matt Gelb, Matt Gelb I, I should point this out. Matt Gelb talked about the different scenarios they have. Like an Adam Morgan is due to go to arbitration. Okay. Uh, they probably will non-tender him and let him go right? because he's now injured. Right. A guy but who normally they would have kept. But here's what I mean, Kevin. Go back two years to when they're going to make this trade, mm-hmm. okay? You're the Phillies, mm-hmm. okay? You're going to give up your, your this real promising pitcher, you know, and, and you haven't developed a whole lot. Did they make – like, should they have looked – down and because obviously they thought they they could resign him. 
The baseball people apparently told Middleton, but what were they thinking? Like, did they misjudge what this guy was going to be worth? Like, should they have should they have put their feelers out there knowing that Riamulto wanted to be the highest paid catcher ever? So this is what I'm trying to determine. Like, where the um, where the misconnect where the great, came, where the disconnect yes, came from? Yes, yes, yes. That's yes. Uh, I think the disconnect came from two things. One, I don't think the front office did their homework on what the market could bring. Okay, that's one. So who whose fault is that? Like who 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 takes the hit for well, that? Matt Clintech, obviously. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Um, and this leads to a second Matt Clintech point. I think they overvalue where they were, uh, in regards to how far or how close they were to actual contention. And right, I agree with you because the, the Arietta signing, the yeah. Arietta sign, and that. Right. That also right. falls on the owner, right? You know I the owner. You. The owner can, and I like John, and I think John actually has his heart in the right place. It's easy okay. for people to bash John Middleton now. I got you. Uh, nobody was doing it back then, okay. Right. But the baseball people have to be the governor of this on the owner in a little bit and go and look. It's great we're spending this money, but you have to realize we need a center fielder. We need shortstop we're not sure on third base we're not but let me ask you this kevin if so if let's say arietta had had a little bit more than he had left yeah he, yeah, yeah. He had, and, and robertson hadn't got hurt sure and and didn't they have another guy a pitcher a relief pitcher that like had to get sir something oh, tommy hunter no 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 one of the latin guys um, um oh sir anthony the main okay right so let's say and then you who they screwed up by the way by not forcing him to go or not telling him go get surgery last I, year i know that I get it. But what I'm saying is, in reality, they probably could have been a contender this year. Not a contender to win the whole thing. But they made the playoffs, sure. So, I understand where they were coming from. But to me, if you were going to give up Sixto, unless you weren't sure that you were really right about Sixto. Okay, because they haven't been right about guys before. But okay. Unless you're going to re-sign Riamolto, and you pretty much are like 95% sure you're going to, you can't make that trade then. That's because apparently that what the owner said last week. <laughs> yeah, but then, but what I'm saying, yeah. But, I mean, because Alfaro could be your catcher. And I'm not saying he's great, but he's a catcher. He's a major league catcher. Um, I, You know, that that to me, this goes back two years. It doesn't go back even to last offseason. Um, you know, you had, in your mind, you should have known as an organization. Where you we are. Gonna be able to, we ain't going to be able to sign him for $18 million. If if we think we are, we're nuts. It's going to take 22, 23, 24, and we have to be willing to do that. And you can't make that trade. And then when the reality is it's going to take 22, 23, 24, then say, oh, we don't know if we can do that. That's where the disconnect was. You had to either be all in for the catcher or not in at all. Does and that that's, make sense? And yeah, it does. But nothing with this made sense with the whole organization. Well, yeah. I mean, that... Well, and, and, and yeah, you know, there was another report over the weekend. It was our buddy Scott Lauber who who put this out there that all those people are our buddies, Kevin. I know <laughs> they're all your former comrades. Yeah, uh, that John Middleton would like Andy McPhail to step aside. Yep, I saw it. Yeah, if you don't want the guy around, if you want him to step aside. 
then have him step aside. You don't have to. Is it a matter of money? Like, if he steps aside, does he forfeit his salary? No. You're going to have to pay him out. Well, then, yeah. What's... Yeah, your point is well taken. Like if you if you're making it known to people that you really want to have a new team president, then have a new team. Have president. a new team president. I, I, you, Kevin. I look. You covered that organization for years, where I was just covering it from the periphery. So, I, you know, I, I, I don't know John Middleton. I don't know. I didn't know Matt Clentak. I, I don't. You know. I knew Ruben a little bit. Um, I, I it just it just seems to me like you knew you knew last year when they went to arbitration with Remulto, you knew it was going to have a bad ending. Yeah, you knew it. Even if he had won the arbitration, I think it w- it would have had a bad ending. And to me, when you make that trade, like I said, you have to be all in. It's like a poker game. I'm all in. Here's all my chips. Boom, boom, boom. Whether it's going to cost me 22, 23, 24, 25, we'll live with it, or you don't make the trade. I mean, but, but, but back on the McPhail point, in which this all ties in, and it ties into a structure issue. Andy, you're gone. Well, like, <laughs> and I get that, you know, and John speaks, John speaks highly of Andy's accomplishments, and Andy did win two World Series. Sure. I, I, I can't. Play. And, and almost won another. Right. <laughs> it became a Steve Bartman away. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But there's a way then to nicely do it. Like, all right. Yeah. I, a- Andy, uh, I'll pay you. I want you to help me out perfect, as a consultant. Kevin, wasn't the perfect time when you let Clentac or reassign Clentac? Wasn't I, that the perfect time? Why do you want to have two separate press conferences? I agree. You know? I don't know. How about, the, how, about the, how about the fact that we you. how about the fact that we haven't heard from Andy? Andy usually does an end of the year thing. We haven't heard from Andy since they went back. What's he going to say? Wow. Would you, if you were Andy, would you want to have a press conference? You may and not first, want. You may not want to. Is, but you may not want to. But it's part of your duty right now as it's team not, president. Hey, look, if he doesn't want, if the first question is going to be why are you still here, um. He may not want to look. You know that press conference is going to get contentious. It just is because Clintac's going to come up. He's going to come up. You know they can sugarcoat it any way they want. But um, well, if you can't have a press conference on something like that, then it is time to go. I I don't disagree with you, but uh, and I don't understand why if you're John Middleton, you just say Andy, we appreciate everything you've done. Um, we, we'd like to have you around as a consultant, have a voice. Right. Here's your paycheck. Say yeah. it. I mean, the interesting thing, you brought this up a couple weeks ago or last week. I don't know. The, the thing, there, and, and I'm sure there's some good names out there. You, you know, I know the guy from Kansas City that. J.J. Picola. Right. Yeah. From I, I Cherry Hill. I recommended by um, the former farm director. Yeah, Mike Garbuckle. Uh, the name that intrigues me is Theo because. Well, you're going to have to wait a year. I know that. I And I get that. But that's the thing that almost makes me, and I'm not, look, he's not the all-knowing, all-being, but he has won it two places, mm-hmm. you know, that, that hadn't won in a while. Should um, I point out those two systems were complete garbage by the time he left? Yeah, but would you trade the World Series at those franchises? I, I'm just saying, like, it yeah. depends what you want to build. Or you want to build something long-lasting, or you want to instant, like a sugar fix. It's all, look, the Red Sox wound up winning four World Series. 
Now, I don't think he was there for all four of them. No, he was gone by 12. He, he, he won two. I think he won two. He won the first two, and then he left in 11. And and, that, and they won again in 11, I think. No, they won in 13. 13, okay. I'm, that okay. was the 13. year of the bombing, right. And 17, right? Yeah. No, okay. 18, 18, 18. 18, okay. But what I'm saying is he went somewhere that hadn't won in 100 years, 90 years, whatever. Curse of this, curse of that. He won, okay. Um, yeah. And, and he he's a guy Red that's Sox. going to the Hall of Fame. Yes. And he left the Red Sox, and they won again two years later. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't have left it too bad. Um, you know, and he went to the Cubs, and they hadn't won him forever, and he won. And, you know, we can argue about should they have won more or, you know, what happened to the team. I, I don't know. But I'm just telling you that if you told the folks in this town they could win a title three or four years from now, uh, but it might not be too good after that, I think they'd opt for that. that that's just me. And maybe maybe he's a totally wrong guy. I, I don't know, but um, I, I just think this franchise has been—it's been too long that they've just been kind of treading water. I and, don't disagree. You know, um, I'm not saying they got to win a championship next year or championship the year after that. I mean, God, the Braves hadn't even. This floored me this week when I found out that the Braves hadn't won a series since 2001 because my memory of the Braves is a team that won, like, 13 straight division titles. Yeah. Um, but well, they, that was amazing to me that they had been But they got long. bounced down the division series a lot of those years. Yes, so. they did. And they only won one World Series, and I get it. It was, But still, um, that was kind of amazing to me. But, yeah, franchises do go in periods where they don't do well for a while. Since, there's no doubt about that. Since you brought up the Braves, I'm going to bring this up. One of the moves they the Phillies made two years ago was the dispatch Rick Kranitz who was the pitching coach for the mm-hmm. Phillies at that point. Rick Kranitz is uh, the, you know, the pitching coach in Atlanta, and they are having a historic postseason up until this point. Why did they dispatch him? Because they wanted to keep Chris Young. Okay. And, by yeah. the way, I should point out, Aaron Nola's best year was under Rick Kranitz. Vince Velasquez made progress under Rick Kranitz. Zach Eflin made progress under Rick Kranitz. Well, whose call was that? To um, either Kapler or um, or or or, or Klintak. Okay. And if it was Kapler's, then Klintak should have stepped in and went, no, but he didn't. Well, I still think the best thing is that the Braves, who won last night 5-1, uh, to one, and Kershaw is not pitching tonight this because afternoon, of right? spasms, but the guy that's pitching for the Braves got picked uh, two picks after Moniak. Yeah, I Ian find Anderson. I amazing, mm-hmm. amazing to me, and the American League and the American League rookie of the year likely is Kyle Lewis, who was picked to pick after Moniak. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Who does he play for? Seattle. Okay, that's why I didn't realize it, because I probably didn't see a Seattle highlight all year. Um, but for the owner to get up there, and again, I'm not saying that John Middleton's not a good guy or doesn't mean well or his heart's not in the right place. For him to get up there a week and a half ago or two weeks ago or whatever it was and and defend that by saying there was nobody in that draft, hey. Do your homework before you say something like that. Yeah, I agree. You know, because that just makes him look stupid, whether he's stupid or not. It just gives people like me reason to say, yo, pal, you know, you can't. And and look, maybe everybody in baseball would have taken Moniac number one. I don't know that. I have no idea. Um, But don't tell me. No, nobody would have. That that actually is the. Oh, okay. Well, I wasn't. No. You know, I don't follow it like you follow it, so I don't. Kyle Lewis, uh, Kyle Lewis hit two seventy seven with a four sixty two slugging percentage this year. 
11 homers, yeah. 28 RBIs, 840 OPS. And the amazing thing is, and, and I'm not trying to pick on the Phillies here because they, you know, look. Why not? Know, it's fun. It, but no, no, but it's, I don't want to be unfair. I'm, I'm trying not to be unfair. But you look around baseball, I'm, I'm watching, you know, and you see all these really good young players on Tampa and Atlanta mm-hmm. and, and, and other teams. And you're just saying, can't we have like one or two? Now, look, Bone might be that guy. We thought Haskins was going to, or Hoskins was going to be that guy, um, but we we just don't seem. We thought Kingery might be one of those guys. Yep. Why do these other teams do this? And I don't mean like one guy. The Braves got like three or four. Um, it just frustrates me. It, it frustrates me that all the Phillies keep doing is bringing in free agents. You know, because they got a hole in left field, or they got a hole with shortstop, or they got this or that or the other, and and it's just that's not how you build teams. You don't you don't build teams like that. You finish teams off with people like that. Um, but hey, I well, what do I know? And, and and this is why you look at this organization, and I'm looking at the Baseball America ranking right now. Oh, don't do this to me. And the Phillies are 26. Don't. Out of thirty-two, right? 30. Out of thirty, thirty in prospects. Well, and they they have two top hundred prospects, and they're both in the majors. Yeah, but at one point, Dominique Brown was the number one pick in in the whole. He was the pro, and then the shortstop that they got rid of a couple years ago. He was the so I, you know, I take those with a grain of salt. But you're right. I mean, I'm it's a barometer. But remember, five years ago, when Middleton finally took control. Yep. And we all thought this is a great day. You know, because we've been arguing for years, who's in control of the Phillies? They won't do this. They yeah. won't do that. And five years later, here we are. And not it's because he hasn't mess. spent money. He spent $207 million. I'm not saying they didn't spend money. Can't buy, can't buy, <clears throat> can't buy me love, you know? Well, when you have the wrong people, yep. and I, I say that, uh, maybe that's the wrong word, because I don't know if they were the wrong people, but we thought that. But when you have people making decisions – Spending your money the wrong way, and I don't know if Middleton signed off on Arietta, but I'm guessing if Clintac did to Middleton and say, "No, I think hey, he pushed Arietta on on Clintac, To be honest, oh, okay, well then that then that's even more reason. Uh-huh. And I told you we were we were doing our thing then. I said that's a bad signing. I said it'll be good for a half a year or whatever, but you will regret that signing. And of course, they, they do. did. Um, and I even think. As much as I like the left fielder, I like the left fielder a lot. I, 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 but I'm, I don't even think that's a great signing. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a, a middle of the road signing because he's played well. Um, but you know, I like the shortstop signing. I thought that was a really good thing. But now you got to go sign him again, um, which is not going to be easy. I thought the Wheeler signing was a risk, but at least for this year, I think the risk turned out to be. You know, okay, except neither him or Nola could win a game down the stretch. By the way, we should point out today is the, the – well, let's give you a good Phillies memory before we before we go to the NBA and wrap things up. Uh, today is the anniversary. October 13th is the anniversary of two milestone events in Phillies history. Uh, Twelve years ago tonight, it was the Matt Stairs home run that won game four of the 2008 American League Championship Series in Los Angeles. Twelve years, Mike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I still think the home run that was more more important was the one that tied the game uh, by Victorino. Yes, because you know, and I'm not taking anything away from Stan in the eighth. Was, yeah, 
Right, but Victor, Victorino had to tie the game before they could take the lead in the game. Yep. And 27 years ago today, uh, the Phillies clinched the 93 pennant. Tommy Green on the mound, beat the Braves 6-3. Uh, the Mickey Morandini uh, smash off Greg Maddox's ankle. Uh, and Mitch Williams with his only one, two, three save of the postseason. Yeah. I still think Mitch takes a bad rap. I really oh, do. Oh, he I, does. They don't get to the World Series without nope. Mitch. Nope. Okay. And as I've said many, many times, I'm not the only one who said this. The what happened in the Toronto game in game six was not all his fault. And Larry Anderson would tell you that that in, in the eighth inning they used three pitchers to get six six batters. Lead the bases loaded, and they turn the order around so that Mitch was now going to face the top of the order well, in that, the ninth. That bullpen uh, was shot. That bullpen was. Oh, sure. It was cooked. Oh, no. It was. People were like, and the mistake that Fregosi might have made was not keeping the guy who pitched the seventh, whose name I can't remember, Roger Mason. Right, Roger Mason. Bring him back out for the eighth. But as Anderson has said many times, they loaded the bases. I think Anderson got out of the inning, actually. He did. I'm not, he, he got okay. a pop-up, I think, by... The ninth hitter, whoever Pat the ninth Borders. Hitter right, but you brought up Ricky Henderson to lead off the ninth, and, you know, he Paul walked Henderson on four pitches. Third. Right. Yeah, two Hall of Famers, and, you know, and then Joe Carter, look, Mitch made a bad pitch, and Joe Carter put it in the left field seats, and, um, you know, we'll never know what Kurt would have did in Game 7, but that's not what cost him the World Series. Well, it would have been fifth, it would have been Danny Jackson, by the way, in Game Seven. Was it Danny? Was Danny Jackson thought, in Game Seven? I thought it would have been Kurt. Schilling would have been available in the bullpen. Okay, okay. Schilling I, would I have been available in the bullpen, but it would have been Danny Jackson who would have started Game Seven. Okay, and Danny so Jackson got, got like Schilling and, and Danny Jackson got show by the Braves in Game Three. Okay, but the or game, by the Blue Jays in Game Three. Excuse the me. reason the Phillies lost that series was the game they blew when it when they had the thir- uh, thirteen to eight lead or four or whatever. 14 to 8. Yeah, 15 14. Uh, 15 Dalton, 14 game, Dalton game hits four. a ball. I'll never forget. The bases are loaded. Dalton hits a ball down the line. It goes foul instead of being a grand slam, which would have given them a, an 18 to whatever lead. And then they blew it in the rain at the vet. Yeah. Um, and if they win that game, there would have been a game seven. You know, the, you know there would have been no doubt. Um, well, I, I, I still remember in that game that they lost, the, the Joe Carter game, they had the bases loaded. They had tied the game, I guess, around the sixth inning. And Pete Incavilia hit a smash yep. right to the center fielder. Fielder. They scored the run to take the lead. But if, if he puts that in the gap, it's a three-run hit. And, you know, and who knows what would have happened. But we could deal with what-ifs. Well, you know. And the thing is, you look at the two rosters now. You know, you look at what Toronto had. Oh, yeah. Where you had, you mentioned the two Hall of Fame. Well, they had three Hall of Famers. Dave or, Steve, right? Well, no, Roberto Alomar was there. Is Dave Steve in the Hall of Fame? No. Okay, but Alomar is. Alomar was there. Um, you have. Hey, Car- they, were, they were the defending champs. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the great uh, uncelebrated teams of all time. You are, well, in 92, 93. Those yeah, years. Right. Yeah. And the Phillies was the classic case of a lightning in a bottle team. And it was awesome. I had, I, I've told you this before. That is my favorite team growing up. I have two favorite teams growing up. I had the 87 Flyers and I had the 93 Phillies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because it was just 
fun. It was fun every night. People will never forget the 93 Phillies. They'll, they'll never. And as we know, they were a bunch of assholes to, to a certain <laughs> yeah. degree. Now, you know, Macho Row and all that. And But at the time, we didn't care. We didn't care that Lenny no, was an it asshole. Was, it was, Dave, it was the, Dave Hollins was an asshole or, you know, Crocker could be Crocker. Um, um, and, yeah, they were fun. They were. You're, you're right. I remember the game, I think it was on Memorial Day, when the guy hit the grand slam off Lee Smith. Mariana um, Duncan. And, and when that game happened, mm-hmm. I said, they're going to win. Because that, that should never have happened. It was, you know, Lee Smith's on the mound. Mariano takes him deep. And I'm like, no, nah, that, that that shouldn't happen. There, um, yeah, there's a whole show worth of stuff on this. But I, I can tell you two memories I have, okay, well, in, in dealing with 93 and everything. One is one of my buddies ended up driving to Pittsburgh for the clincher in September. Good for him. And he went with his buddies from Allentown College. Now it's the sales university. They all hopped in the car. He called me from the rest stop and like lawn and go, hey, you won't believe where I'm going. And I I was like furious with him. But I he got to the stadium. They real like Terry Mulholland saw them that they were in the upper deck, sent tickets down to send them down to right behind the bench. Awesome. Right behind the dugout. So that was the cool story. But to talk about the bond that was with that team, and unfortunately now three members of that team are gone. Well, three big members of that team were gone. And Kim Batiste died last week um, at, at a too young of an age of 52. Um, but when Darren Dalton was diagnosed with cancer, I was doing a story, and I was covering the, the team for the Courier at that point. And I called Fergosi. And I have Fergosi's number, you know, because I saw Jim, I saw Jim in the press box, and Jim and I would actually spar over a lot of things because of my knowledge of that '93 team, and I second guessed him on the Roger Mason stuff and all that, and we it got playful. Jim wasn't always so playful about it, but it got a little playful. So he calls and picks up. Ah, what do you want? I'm like, Jim, I I wanted to call. How you doing? Uh, like I wanted to call you about Darren. Oh, uh, what do you do now? Like that. And I went, uh, Dutch was diagnosed with, with, you know, and it was brain cancer. And the other end of the line went silent. And, like, I thought maybe I could disconnect. I'm like, Jim, I'm like, you didn't know. He goes, no. And all you could hear was Fergosi, tough guy, everything, just crying. Yeah. And that showed the bond that that group had. And then Fergosi obviously passed away. Um Later on, before actually, mm-hmm. I think Dutch, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it sounds right. But um, those guys loved each other, and Kevin, they didn't give the a shit. Te- the they two didn't... teams in Philadelphia, the other team that the the Whiz Kids, yeah, were like the '93 Phillies. Yep, they didn't do anything before that season. They didn't do anything. They after. didn't do anything after that season. They didn't win. They ended up losing. Um, and they're beloved. In this town, people mm-hmm. still, and I think they had a bond on that team, like the Kurt Simmons, um, Kurt Simmons, and, and um, well, um, Ashburn and Roberts and Roberts. They had the guy Dallas and yeah, um, and, that, and then Ashburn being such a part of Phillies, you know, with the broadcast right. team for thirty years, and the '93 team to me is like that. They're they're like uh, they didn't win, and a little bit too the 2001 Sixers. You know, yeah, they're win. they're close. 
They're close. They're, They're not close. Quite like that. And like the team you mentioned, the Flyers. 87, the 87 Flyers. Flyers that people still talk about the game six when Daniel scores the overtime. And, you know, you couldn't. Uh, what was it? The spectrum was like you yeah. know, coming off its hinges and stuff. And it's funny how some of those teams, you know, the teams that did win but, are the teams sometimes. But look at the. But Mike, look at the teams who they lost to, okay? The, oh, fifth, yeah. the 50 right. Phillies lost to a dynasty in in the DiMaggio, the DiMaggio Absolutely. Yankees. Whitey Ford actually made his debut in that series, his World Series debut in that series. They won five straight World Series, the Yankees. Right. That, was, that was like the third, the, the fourth one, second one. That right. was the second one. The, the 87 Oilers are Great, one of the greatest teams in One of the greatest teams in all time, and the yeah. Flyers were beat up, and the Flyers found a way to get it. How many Hall Famers did, did the Oilers have? Like six? At least seven. Yeah. Head coach, of, Curry, Gretzky, Messier, Messier the Coffee, Fuhrer. Yeah. Yeah, there's and there's probably one or two others I'm missing. Kevin Lowe. Um there's probably one or two a few others I'm missing. Yeah. Uh, the ninety three Phillies lost to a team with as I said, with three Hall of Famers mm-hmm. and probably a couple more. Dave Stewart could was on that team. Uh mm-hmm. one of the best big game pitchers of all time. Um yeah, so you're talking a, you're you're talking all those teams. That's the common thread. And, 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 the and the Sixers, Sixers lost to Shaq and Kobe, who won three. I think that was this one three out of that was four. their second. Right, that was their second one out of three. Right, right. Yeah, because yeah, they beat the, yeah, they beat the Pacers the year before, and then they beat the Nets the year after, and then went yeah. back to the finals and lost to Detroit. Right. And the Sixers were so beat up that year. By the time they got, mm-hmm. I mean, they had nobody. They were walking wounded. Uh, the 50 Phillies were, you know, Simmons had been called into the service. Not that they would have beat the Yankees. I'm not saying no, they would have. No, but they spent so much energy just to get past Brooklyn to get through sure. it. Um, You know, and, and yeah, I mean, but sometimes it's the teams that don't win. I mean, I always had an affection for those 70 Phillies, like the 77 Phillies, Black Friday, you know, but then we they won three years later. So, you know, it kind of. But they weren't, they weren't as lovable. For a lot of people, as... no, 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 no. You're you're at no. You're absolutely right. Even the '80s Phillies team, the one wasn't was necessarily lo- a lovable team. No, no. I mean, like, if you're going in the Pantheon in Philadelphia, like the the '17 Eagles is now up there because just everything went right, and it was, yeah. you know, and there were gr- there were guys on that team that people related to, and now Foles obviously is a is an urban legend. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would say the 01 Sixers are there. I think I'll, I'll give you another team, the 2004 Eagles. Uh, that team that was fun, but it because of TL, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the next year it, it all fell apart. But if you remember that year, they only lost one game before the Super Bowl because the last two games of the season didn't count. Count because and, after and, Owen after Owens got hurt, they shut it down. Right, and and TO coming back in the Super Bowl. And the Eagles finally making it to the Super Bowl after losing in three straight NFC title games and, you know, almost beating the Pats. Now, the Super Bowl wasn't memorable because of some of the stuff that happened. But I think people looked at that team. I mean, until 17 happened, that was the measuring stick. That was all you had to go by for people of this generation um, who didn't go back to 1980. Um, and, then, and 1980, there's another team. What a lovable team that was. Yeah. I mean... You know, people, Dick Vermeil, they, they they worship Dick Vermeil. 
Still. 40 years later, and Ron Jaworski yep. and, and Bill Berge and Harold Carmichael, um, those guys were beloved. Yeah, and, and, and it's funny. If you want to take another team, and it's strange, this team didn't win crap, but you look at the Reggie Randall Eagles. Oh, yeah. No, Buddy Reggie Randall. Buddy, you're, you're, but, uh, yeah, Wes, uh, Wes Hopkins and Andre Waters and, and Seth Joyner and Golick and, and well, Jerome. What Buddy, and, see, what Buddy did was. It was Buddy mainly on the defensive side. That defense was beloved. Yeah, but people loved Randall, too. Though. Oh, they Randall do. Was, you could get behind Randall. Um, it, it was. Because Randall seemed, was quirky, too. Randall was a little weird. He was a little yeah, but out there, that. but he loved. We like yeah. that, though. We like that. Buddy changed the landscape in Philadelphia because he came at the exact time that WIP was starting. Yep. And he became everything that talk radio was supposed to be. And that's one of the reasons, even though he didn't win a playoff game, even though I don't think he was a great head coach, he was a great defensive coordinator, no no doubt about it, as his sons were. Um but yeah, that those teams, people love those teams. And it was and it was also easy because you had a villain. In the owner, the owner was a bit sure. of a villain. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I never forget Kevin that the, the the House of Pain game in Houston. Where they went to Houston and get, and I think won ten to three, if I'm not mistaken, against a Houston team that had Warren Moon and they threw the ball. And they said they they said we're going to go down there and and Jerome Brown. Yeah. I mean, there's a guy we forget about because he he died like I think four years into his career, something like he probably would have been a Hall of Famer. I'm mm-hmm. guessing if he hadn't died. Um, you know, and then it all went apart, man, because, well, you know, Randall and they had in back to back years, you have Randall getting hurt in the first game against Green Bay, uh, with Bryce pop. And that was the best defense of that bunch. Cause Jerome was there. And then well, they went 10 and six that year. Yeah. They didn't make the playoffs and the 49ers didn't make the playoffs. And at the end of the year, everybody said they were the two best teams. in the NFC. Yeah. That was 91. And the Redskins wound up winning the, uh, Winning their third Super Bowl that year. It's, you know, that type of stuff. I mean, you know, those type of teams are what get you hooked on. And, and But think about this, Kevin. By, like, 93, the Eagles stunk. Yeah. Like, Reggie had left. Jerome had died. Uh, I don't know what Seth, if, if Seth had left. Or Seth left for Arizona. Okay. Uh, um, where did, where did Eric Allen? Moved on. Eric Allen went to the uh, Raiders. Yeah, I mean yeah. it just it 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 fell apart. And then you had Rich Cotite followed by Ray Ray. Um, Ray I mean, and Ray had a couple apart. of nice years. Yeah, but not like no. I mean they want. Yeah, it it wasn't the same though. It wasn't you know until Ray, until uh, Donovan came along. You know, in the early two thousands, and then they you know then they had that. It's amazing. You think of some of the team and for a city of like ours. They're so few and far between. Yeah. I mean, when you really think about it, but that's what makes them special. Yep. Uh, you know what? I've run out of time to no, talk about the NBA. Dan amb- Mullen. I got, uh, I, Dan I, Mullen. Go, go. I like Dan Mullen. I did a story on him when, when Mississippi, he's a, he played tight end at Ursinus at one point in time. He was, he's a good coach. He's at Florida. He's a Delco and, guy, correct? Yeah, I, I'm not sure that sounds right. But he was a tight end at Ursinus, and he gave me a half hour of his time on the phone when Mississippi State got the number one like five years ago. It was a great story. He's talking about the college villain and all this. Okay. So he goes and loses last week at Texas A&M, 41-38. They blow a late lead. They fumble late. A&M kicks a field goal last play. 
And afterwards, he's talking about the impact that the crowd had. Now, the crowd was announced at 25,000. It looked more. Okay. He said, oh, it was by, like... By the way, he damn all on his Drexel Hill. Look at Okay. And he said, you know, all the people behind our stands. And Okay, fine. I get it. So then he called for the swamp to be full this week. Mm-hmm. Full as in 90,000 people for the LSU game. And first of all, LSU stinks. They could beat LSU with me and you, but that's okay. And I'm thinking, okay, well, wait a minute now. And and Florida has has issued its its. Um, Ron DeSantis has allowed taken all restrictions down. Right, but they but the Florida president, I believe, has said they're going to go by the CDC, uh, whatever guidelines. So here you're a coach, and you're calling for ninety thousand people, obviously who won't be able to social distance. Obviously, you're taking a risk. And then he's saying, well, our protocols have been great. And I'm not doubting that they have been great. I'm sure that Florida, the team, and the universe has. Are you nuts? You want to win a football game that much? And I just had, and yesterday they gave him four chances, I believe, to back off the statement. And I understand what he's saying. I, hey, I want my crowd there. I, you know, this is, but really? It's not good enough that you have maybe 25,000 people in the stands. Do you want an update on this since we started this? Uh, uh, please, please give it to me. Number 10, Florida has five new COVID cases on its team. Oh. Report. So has, Dan, has Dan talked about that? Uh, No. Now, AP okay. just moved something. Well, you know that in light of this, especially in light of this, that they're not going to have 100,000 people in that stadium. No. Because now it'll look absolutely idiotic. But I'm just saying, and, and look, I, I understand where a football coach is coming from. You know, if Jay Wright said to me, hey, it'd be great if we could have, you know, 8,000 people at the pavilion. But let's be realistic. Yeah. Like, do I need to win a football game? I mean, is the home crowd, and I don't care if he was playing Alabama this week. Um. And, you know, if Florida State was having 90,000 people in their place or Miami was, I mean, I understand you don't want to, you know, I I just don't understand why he couldn't have come out and say, hey, maybe we can have a nice crowd at Florida this week. It may not be 100, but maybe it can be 30 or 40, you know, something. And they're not going to tailgate and they're going to, they're going to, you know, try to social, but he, he, what he's calling for is the same thing. The president calls for when he goes to a rally. Mm-hmm. I apologize to anybody who's listening who doesn't either agree with what, you know, because I don't mean to do that. I really, really, I really don't. The election is three weeks away. I'm trying to find some humor in but a... I'm just trying to understand why Dan Mullen, the football coach of Florida, would say out loud and then not reach, I want 90,000 people in my stadium on Saturday. Now, if that happens and a week from now we find out that of those 90,000 people, 3,000 have tested positive. Yeah. What is Dan Mullen going to say then? Or what is he going to say to people that work at the stadium if they get sick? Yeah. And that that's my problem with this whole thing is I understand we want it to be what it is. We, you know, we want it to be you know, the NBA just put on a whole three-month show in a bubble, mm-hmm. the NHL did the same thing. Did it work? Yes. Why did it work? Because they were in a bubble. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, 
so hard, and now we see the NFL now having all kind of issues. We saw Major League Baseball go through it. It's going to happen. You know, now we don't have to be afraid of it. We don't have to, like, you know, we can deal with it the best we can, but I think we have to be smart enough to understand that why would you put people at risk that you didn't have to? Including maybe his football players. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Dan's a smart guy. I don't think Dan's a dumb guy. I, you know, I thought Saturday he was just speaking off, you know, it was a tough loss. He got caught in the moment. Uh huh. But apparently not. And, um, yeah. It's and now just, he's got his it, own issues. Well, hey, his issue is beating LSU. Yeah. So you, you go, and he's going to probably beat LSU. It, and on that line, what is like Penn, I, I, Penn State's going to be playing next week, right? Is it the 23rd not, or the 30th? No, I think it's the 23rd. Okay. I, th- I think it's the, so, and I think they're limiting. Um, There's no fans. Oh, they're not. No. Oh, because of Pennsylvania. Yeah. So, no, the big, the, the big 10, I think, is going no fans. Right. Because what the Eagles are doing, they couldn't do then. They couldn't have like. Um, like a ten percent or or, yeah. or oh I'm sorry I thought that maybe they could yep um wow so they're going to be playing empty did, Beaver Stadium pretty much I think it's gonna I think I shouldn't say no fans but it'll be like family members who are they playing do you know who they're opening with I actually just saw this today I think they don't they go to Ohio State the second week yeah I'm pretty sure they do Big Ten football game, schedule here we go uh there was a Hold on here. There was a graphic. Go ahead. Uh, keep talking. I'm. I'm looking. No, so at I'm that. just wondering what like, like what state? How weird is that going to be? You know, for them to play a game and then so if they're they at Ohio, Indiana on Saturday the twenty fourth. Oh, so they're and they're home with Ohio State. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm just wondering, like, is our so the Big Ten is not going to allow any of their schools then to have people? That's what it sounds like. Okay, okay, so then they won't be at a disadvantage if they go to somewhere that has some fans. Okay, okay. I, 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 or some of the, like, I, I noticed the Texas Oklahoma game on Saturday, there were fans. I, I yeah, don't know I think some, I think some places are being allowed to have limited contact. So, but they must not be telling the people that they have to wear masks. No. no. Which, yeah, I, and look, I understand it's hard to be at a football game for three hours. With a man, I went up to Kevin yesterday because of the rain. I was supposed to actually, put, but anyway, it was raining, and I wanted to do my walk. Mm-hmm. I hadn't been to my gym since before the pandemic. I went up. They have a walking track upstairs. I went upstairs. I had my mask on. I walked for an hour, or whatever I did, an hour and a half, and there was, and you know, I just don't see why it's so hard to wear a mask. I know it's inconvenient. Now I, I, I'll tell you that I covered a I did, uh, I did, play uh, or a color analyst on a football game the other night, um, at Quakertown. Okay? I thought that was over. It it, it, it well no we we were doing it from somebody else. Oh, okay okay. And so I had the mic. It's tough doing radio with a mask on. I can, now see you're right. No, that's that's totally different. I I understand that. Yeah. Uh yeah. but 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 you know, I got one of those clear face shields for this week. So, I got one of them uh Andy Reid face shield things. So. Are you going to be able to hear you though through the face shield? Oh, yeah. Well, no, no, no. It's one of those that the face shield goes over the microphone. 
Oh, oh, okay. Because you're worried about picking up something from the microphone. I'm worried about picking something up from somebody else in the building. I got you. I got you. So, yeah. But like when I was up at the gym yesterday and they have a big sign on the gym, you have to wear a mask. You have, mm-hmm. you know, and I won't use the equipment. I'm not going to use the equipment. There's no running water. Okay. So you can't go wash your hands. Now they have the, the sanitizers all over the place. So you can sanitize. So you can't shower there now or anything? I don't know about the shower or the pool because I wasn't checking that. But running water, like when I went down to use the restroom or the water fountains, there was no running. And they had a sign up. Right. Uh, I don't know why that is. I I didn't ask because I just went upstairs and used. Now, when I was up walking, I had my mask down um, like below my. uh, So it wasn't always covering everything it should cover. But there was basically nobody up there. It was pretty much me by myself. There was a couple other people. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just – I just don't understand. Like, when I go walk in the morning, it's outdoor. I don't wear my mask. Right. I, I saw Biden saying something like where anybody that goes out in public should wear a mask. I, I get it. Yeah. Maybe I should because some people do. Um, it, it's just I, – I, I guess – I just don't understand. If I'm going to go to a football game and be around a lot of people, mm-hmm. just keep my mask on. Yeah. I I don't I don't know. I, it's I not that hard. It's not. Well, it might be. I, right. I mean, I'm saying it's not that hard. Or you're saying it's not that hard. Maybe if I'm in a football game with a mask on for three hours, maybe it is hard. Right. Um, if you're uh, yelling and screaming. And uh, one girl did give the finger. It was pretty good. I, I think she was a Texas fan. Ah, okay. Uh, it was, she just, she, something must happen. I don't know something, and she just gave the finger. It was like, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, so Thursday, uh, we have Anthony Gargano coming on. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I <laughs> Anthony's Anthony's a cool guy. I'm Cuz Light. Yeah, you are. You do sound alike. So I better have like a. I better have a change in pitch, I think, for your voices. So eh, we'll be fine. Uh, and so that's on Thursday. Do you know what time we're doing that, by the way? I don't. Still- it'll be after. I believe it'll be between like three and four. That's fine. So, all right, Michael. Okay. Hey, uh, when are you going to Bloomsburg? Is that next week? Next week. Okay, I'll root for good weather for you to go to Bloomsburg. Then it's yeah. You're staying overnight there. Staying overnight. Staying two overnights. Oh my God! What? Is it a good hotel? Is it a? It's a Marriott. It? No, fe- that's where that's where I think I might have stayed when I went up there for that wedding. It's a Fairfield um, Inn. Yeah, that that sounds right. Yeah, it's a nice hotel. Yeah, well, I'll say it, it's Bloomsburg. It's baby. Bloomsburg. I mean, you know, I, here's my game plan. You ready? Um, going to the hotel on Wednesday night because the the test I have to take is at ten thirty in the morning. And I don't feel like right. No, okay. that's a smart move. All right. I'm going up. I'm sitting in my hotel until I go for the test. Then I'm going to go get, like, lunch or something, like, you know, at a, at a drive-thru, take it back right. to the hotel, and sit there. And then the next morning, I'll check out of my hotel, go take my final test, and then come home. Yeah, that's, I mean. And now I'll have a bonus. Yeah. I'll have Eagles and Giants to watch on that Thursday night, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know what else you can do. I mean, what? Yeah, what do you? First of all, there's not a lot to do in Bloomsburg that I. As That's I not true. Well, maybe my younger years, there was yeah. a lot to do in Bloomsburg. Right, right. Um, do you know it's the top-rated party school in America? Oh, I have no doubt. Those those kind of places always are. 
Because what else do you do? Why do you think State College was State College? Oh, yeah. Let's be realistic here. It's in the middle of nowhere. I had three friends that went there, and all they did was, was drink. drink, pretty much. And they had um, and, and State College and Bloomsburg both have towns which have very good bars in it and yeah, some decent and that restaurants. 40, that was forty years ago. Yep. You know, and I was commuting to Temple because that's what I did. And uh, um, yeah. When my I, when I have, my buddy went to Bloomsburg, I went. I would go up there once a uh, once a semester, and I. I would look around and I would actually go, why didn't I come to school here? Because it was a ball. It was a blast. Yeah, yeah I, I mean. I, then like, I realized yeah. I would have been an alcoholic by the time I left. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, hey, look, it's a, cho- it's a choice we make. I chose, you know. I chose Temple, to, too. My, my friends chose that. And I had other friends that went to Drexel, so they were like me. Um, Yeah, I mean, hey, look, it, it is what it is. Um. And when you're 20 years old, or you know, that's, I guess yeah. that's part of it. And, um, um, and that's why, like, hey, look, it, 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 you know, it's, it's not, a, it, that's why they have vanilla chocolate and rum raisin. And, yeah. you know, there's, and the benefits the, of staying back here where I got to work for Teddy and I got to start my career. Yeah. I mean, uh, I have no regrets whatsoever going to Temple because it gave me my life. Yep. Pretty much, and that's my kids both went to Temple, and it gave them their lives. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, did I live at home? And did I commute? Yeah, yeah. but I was okay with that. Yeah, I I will yeah. say, you want to get a quick word in on the owls from uh, Saturday? I, it was about what I thought. Yep. I mean, look, they they played a game against a team that played three games. Yeah, and who has a real good head coach? Real good this year. No, but they have a good head coach. You know, so and they, did, and they led the whole game. Yep, and it came down to a two-point conversion, um, and the Owls are probably going to be like a a, a, a little better than a five hundred team or yep whatever, and 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 go to a bowl game, I guess. And um, you know, it, it's uh, it's it, the only thing is the game that they, maybe they could have won, yeah, and they didn't. And when you're Temple, you got to try. You know, there's going to be like five games like that a year. And the difference between you going, and I don't even know how many games are playing this year, so, but the difference between you going six and three, you know, or or five and five is some of those games. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, look. Um, it is what it I is. I don't know it. Right. I don't know enough about the whole Temple situation to sit here and tell you, you know, was it? A, yeah, they were three point favorite on the road, and they yeah. lost by two. Yeah. So I'm not going to. Um. You know, yeah, whatever. I hear you. All right, is man. what it is. Okay, baby. Uh, wow. Wow. I'll, we'll you know, see you on Thursday. The next segment. <laughs> All right. Okay, man. Thanks, man. All right. All right. Thank you for joining us. We had fun on this one. We'll see you on Thursday. Anthony Gargano is our guest. This has been Working the Beat. Park Avenue.